0: One of the reasons I continue my podcast is my fascination, perhaps, in a way of trying to understand why we remain in the relationships that we are in, whether we're with a cluster B that's a BPD or a narcissist, or maybe a comorbid of both. Why do we remain? Welcome to this podcast of My Inner Torch. I like to start off with a quote from R.M. Drake. I don't know who R.M. Drake is, but this person makes a lot of sense. And this particular quote, uh, or almost like a statement, really resonated with me. And I wonder if it's going to resonate with you. Myinnertorch at gmail.com. Reach out to me. Let me know if this resonates with you. And I'm I'm, going to read this very slowly and I might actually even repeat it. You are not weak because you care about them. You are strong because you have the heart to stay in a place, you know, you don't belong. So let's talk about this one more time, or actually, let me read this to you one more time and then we'll talk about it. You're not weak because you care about them. You are strong because you have the heart to stay in a place, you know, you don't belong. This really resonated with me because, you know, a lot of people say we're weak. A lot of people say that we're crazy. Uh, The BPD or narcissist may turn and project outward to you and tell you you're a narcissist or maybe you have BPD. It leaves us confused. It leaves us wondering what's wrong with us, but we're not weak. We're actually very strong. But again, remember my podcast. It's not you. It's the situation. You're in a place where you clearly do not Belong. I'm in a place where I don't belong. I'm in a place and a relationship that is dysfunctional, dysregulated, not normal by no stretch of the imagination. I think, you know, most of us have to take a step backward. And instead of living in the moment, we have to kind of look at it from an elevated perspective and say, what's going on here? And Maybe compare to other relationships that we may be aware of people like maybe our parents, if they have a normal relationship or maybe some of our friends who have a normal relationship and kind of wonder what's the difference between the two. And I talked about this in previous podcasts of of writing the pros and cons of your present relationship. Because we're living a fantasy. We're, we're part of the crazy-making process. I, I take full ownness for my participation in my marriage of almost 20 years, in my relationship now spanning back over two decades in a situation where I clearly do not belong, where the, the skill set that I bring to this relationship, the, the caring, the empathy is not appreciated It is absorbed and sort of regurgitated in a very negative fashion. We all have emotional skill sets and that's what I think I meant to say. The skill set that I bring, the emotional skill set I bring to this relationship, to this marriage is, is incredibly mismatched because whatever I do is sort of not appreciated. And as I said, projected back in a very negative fashion. So I think we have to say, that we're not weak because we care about our borderline or our narcissist or our cluster B. We're strong because we actually have the heart to stay in a place where we clearly do not belong. So this is a reckoning. This is again, part of that seven stages that I talked about in a previous podcast, going through the seven stages. Where are you? in the discovery process of your relationship, in the inventory taking, the the writing of the list of the pros and the cons. And I have to say, honestly, that if I had to write a list right now, I would be hard pressed to find pros. I really would. And that's very sad. It's incredibly sad. It's hurtful. But I'm glad that I can actually sit here and tell you that piece of information because perhaps a year ago or two years ago, I would not have been able to, I would have, I would have come up with something good. I would have had to come up with something good. I would have had to justify the reason I remain in the relationship. And that's what I think you may have to do. Listening to this podcast, a lot of people have said, you know, am I a narcissist? I receive a lot of emails of people who are questioning because they're being gaslighted. They're being told that they're the one who is responsible for all that's wrong in the relationship. And that's what borderlines and that's what narcissists do. They cannot accept onus for themselves because they don't really know who they are. I don't think once my wife, I can't recall ever in my relationship where my wife has stood up and said, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm really sorry for acting this way. Uh, interestingly enough, it was kind of weird because uh, last week she did say, hey, you know, I want to just apologize for being snippy today. And in fact, she wasn't. And I told her that. I said, I don't know what you're apologizing for because you're not being snippy now. You were being snippy the day after Thanksgiving in which we ended up having a circular conversation that she projected everything I said to her back onto me that I was hypersensitive that I was the one who was the problem. But yet when she wasn't being particularly snippy or short, uh, then she was apologizing for something that she wasn't doing at the time, which was weird. I don't understand and I still don't get it. But where are you in your relationship? Do you feel that you don't belong? Or are you still believing in the person that you thought they were? And it took me a very long time to understand that the person who my wife was over 20 years ago didn't and doesn't exist. And I think the hardest thing for me to accept, and maybe it's hard for you, is the fact that there is no forgiveness. There is no reconciliation. There is no coming from my wife. Hey, you know what? I'm sorry. Let's work on our marriage. Let's work on our relationship. It's important to me. When the borderline splits to devalue, it's funny. Sometimes they come back and I kind of look back on this on my relationship. There were times my wife would kind of reset herself. She'd come back. She would breadcrumb me. She'd give me a little bit of affection. She'd kind of stretch it out a little bit. She would do her, her duty, her obligation, perhaps that she felt she needed to do in the relationship to keep it going. But the last time that my wife split to devalue, which was when she left the bedroom over five months ago, uh, she's not coming back. There is no talk of it. There's no conversation. And perhaps I can say I'm guilty of not bringing it up, but I don't feel safe. Do you feel safe in your conversations with your borderline or your narcissist or your cluster B? Do you feel comfortable bringing things up? It comes back to another podcast that I did, Gun Toting Lunatics. I don't feel safe. In a normal relationship, first off, this wouldn't be going five months of somebody leaving the bedroom, but in a normal relationship, if it had gone five months, you would think that one of us would feel comfortable saying, hey, this is kind of weird. Let's sit down and talk about this. Where, where are we going with this? But in my wife's world, in her crazy making, in her magical thinking, this is okay. This is what she wants. She has no obligation now. She doesn't have to do anything. She can go to her bedroom. I go to my bedroom respectively. And so be it. That's her room. That's her sanctuary. That's her place of comfort. I go to our bedroom and say, this is weird. This is not resonating with me. This is making me angry. Yet I don't feel comfortable to go and say that to her. And I don't feel comfortable saying, hey, let's go get therapy because you can't get therapy with somebody who is a borderline and or a narcissist unless they're working on themselves. Couples therapy doesn't work. The therapist might frequently take their side. They will paint you as, as, as a terrible person. They will smear you. And the therapist might sit there and say, well, my gosh, you are the problem. Look at what you're doing to this person. They're shapeshifters. They're chameleons. They can make themselves look like the victim at the drop of a hat. So remember this, that you are not weak because you care about them. You're strong because you choose to remain where you do not belong. You don't belong in a relationship where you are not getting your emotional needs met Where you feel like you have to walk on eggshells, where you have to think about every conversation you're going to have with that person. Because what if you trigger them? You pay when you trigger them. So you have to walk on eggshells. That's not normal. It's not normal. That's a trauma bond. Because when you start thinking that that's okay, because you love them, you'll put up with it. That's a trauma bond. You are bonded to them in a dysregulated and dysfunctional way. And so I hate to be the bearer of truth. Everybody's situation is different. I don't know your situation. I've heard a lot of situations. People have relayed them to me at minor at gmail.com. but they all seem to follow the same pattern, the same pattern of verbal abuse, the same pattern of gaslighting, the same pattern of being confused the same pattern of breadcrumbing and thinking, okay, they were nice to me today. So maybe they will be nice to me tomorrow, or maybe they'll come back and we go through the cycle. Repetition compulsion. That's what happens. So if you're willing to put up with that, then maybe that is a relationship. But if you're feeling and you're listening to this podcast and you're searching for information, then it's not good for you. Then I'm only reinforcing what you already believe. So inherently at the end of the day, You have to make the decision because yes, the borderline and or the narcissist or the cluster B may make the decision for you. They may exit the relationship at one point or another, or they may choose to remain. It's up to you to decide how you want to move forward and give yourself value and self-esteem. That's the beginning of the process. Believe in yourself. Don't look to them to believe in you, to have that idealization which will probably not come back. And again, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you've been devalued. You've been split on. You've been breadcrumbed. You've been gaslit. You've gone through the whole laundry cycle of the borderline and or the narcissist. And yes, you may feel that you love them. Yeah, maybe you do. But folks, I can tell you this with near certainty. If they are not in therapy, if they are not seeking help, they do not. And I stress, they do not love you back. And that is a very unfortunate thought process and acceptance that I've had to come to because in my opinion, they are not capable of loving you in a mature way. They might love you in a infantile way, but they don't love you as an adult It's not reciprocal. It's not intimate. It's very basic if it is there at all. And that is one of the biggest triggers to my wife because I've told her that many times. You don't love me. You've never loved me. That is like showing a cross to a vampire. She becomes enraged. How dare I accuse her of that? Well, she certainly doesn't stand there and say, you're wrong because I love you very much. That she doesn't do which I find quizzical. She doesn't defend it. She just gets angry. And the reason she gets angry is because she knows I'm telling her the truth. And so does that hurt me? Yeah, it did before. It did. And it took me a long time to get over it. And I am still getting over it. 20 years, 20 plus years of living in a mirage, living in a play that doesn't end well for me. So think about that. Think about that saying, you are not weak because you care about them. You are strong because you have the heart to stay in a place you know you don't belong. Interested to see whether that rings true to you, whether it's valid. And I thank you for listening. New podcasts uploaded each and every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for your support. Be well and in whatever you do, be good. Till next time, this has been my inner torch.